And welcome to Punk Goes Pod on the road. Punk Goes Pod Road Rules Challenge. Punk Goes Off-Road. I'm not going off-road. I would die. The internet's only podcast that is being hosted in a car going along the Goulburn Valley Freeway as we speak. Uh, and also the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records, Punk Goes, Ellipses series, to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. Uh, you know me, you know Sam. You do know me. Um, we are hoping that this sounds half decent so that we don't have to record it again when we're not in transit, but we thought we'd um, girl boss this whole situation <laughs> and uh, use our downtime while we were driving to record an episode. I'm more of a boss baby. That's true. Um, yeah, how are you, Sam, at the Weald, as we speak? I'm not too bad. We got to go away, so this is nice, and we had always joked that this would be funny to record an episode while driving, so, um, I just figure some people might be listening to this while they are driving, so, look, it'll just feel like you're in the car with us. If you're driving while you're listening to this, just picture Sam on the opposite side of, like, in what would be the passenger seat. But he's got his own steering wheel, and then I'm just in the back, leaning over. Yeah. And if you're in America, our drive, our steering wheel is on the right, not on the left. Yeah, get your shit together. (laughs) Um, So this week, just to offset the sheer noise that is happening as a base level for this episode, we are focusing on a Punk Goes acoustic track. So we are looking at Swing Life Away by Rise Against, which was on the first acoustic. Yep. So Punk Goes Acoustic 1. into it I reckon my phone's about to die so probably good that I get us through the notes at least and then we can hopefully we get this done before Google Maps decides to make a cameo that's fine episode as well no just our guest for the day is yeah, um the Google Maps lady yeah Mrs. Google Maps but I prefer the punk goes acoustic version and turn left at the fork so let's talk about rise against uh, obviously, I'm going to do all the 
uh, the admin work this week so that Sam doesn't crash the car and kill us both. Um, I mean, I could still do that, but... No, I'd prefer you didn't. I was going to make a classic gag about, like, and Sam, would you like to take these notes? But (laughs) it's not very funny when we're driving a piece of metal at 110 kilometres an hour. I don't know what that translates... Actually, let's see if I've got enough internet to see what that translates to as miles per hour. And it'd probably be, like... Miles per hour is higher, so it's probably, like... A million. Yeah, a million. It'd be a million. A million miles per hour. Hang on. Kilometres to miles? No, so a kilometre is only 0.6 of a mile. Uh, hang on. Or is it less? Is it, like, 70 miles per hour? So, wait... So, 68 miles per hour. Ah, there you go. So close. I know. All right. I'll get it to 111, so we are at <laughs> So, fucking some dickhead just overtook us. How could they? To be fair, he was well in advance of us. And there's someone else overtaking us. Yeah, fuck you too. You're on your phone, dickhead. You're on your Zoom. <laughs> yeah, but like, that'd be pretty funny though if we got pulled over and they were just like, what seems to be going on here? And we'd just you're be on, You're on your phone. Actually, I'm on a recording device. And yeah, and also a cab. We have this on tape. So, <clears throat> Rise Against, they formed in Chicago in 1999. Uh, and the band was formed by bassist Joe Princip and guitarist Dan Wiklinski. So both members were part of the Chicago punk band 88 Fingers Louie, a moderately successful band that unfortunately experienced two breakups during the 90s. Uh, Sam inserted his own little interjection here of saying that they're sick. They are. I don't know why I'm blanking on that first or second album, but it's, it's fantastic. I love it. It's like quintessential 90s punk. So You heard it here first, folks. Um, check out 88 Fingers Louie. Absolutely. Just for a bit of um, additional homework. I was going to say additional reading. Nah. Uh, Where are we? So during the second breakup, so Princip and Wiklinski decided to part from 88 Fingers Louie and they started a new band that was originally named Transistor Revolt and they recruited vocalist Tim McElrath, who I had to double-check the pronunciation there. And I just learned. So, rule of thumb, with a name that starts with Mick or Mac, if the next bit starts with a consonant, so like McDonald's, you pronounce it as Mick. If it starts with a vowel, so like Ilrath, you pronounce it as Mac. McElrath. So, just a fun little tidbit. That's probably not true, but someone on Reddit said it was, so I believe them. But there wouldn't be... Oh, wait, no, so it, was, so it was Mac for a consonant, or was it Mick for a consonant? Mick for a consonant, 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 so like McDonald's. Oh, so it's using McDonald's, because I thought it was McDonald's. No, McDonald's. I guess we did call it. It's just because we call it Maccas over here, because yeah, we're lazy, yeah. but it's not McDonald's. Yeah. Alright, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I wasn't doubting it, I was just curious. Look, I also just make, like, I just say a lot of things. I'm like that cat thing in Adventure Time. Like, I have an approximate knowledge of many things. Um, and so, like, you could just sort of say, yeah, I don't think that's right. And I'd be like, yeah, it probably isn't. But that's fine. So, yes, Transistor Revolt. They recruited Tim McElrath. And after recording and putting out their debut EP, also known as Transistor Revolt, 
the band gained the attention of no other than NoFX frontman and Fat Records founder Fat Mike, who agreed to sign the band with the only stipulation being they changed their name. Why? I don't know. It didn't say didn't say why he wanted them to change the name. He must have just not liked it. But I do have an, uh, an example of what he thought would be a good name. Yes. So when they were brainstorming new names, uh, Fat Mike suggested the Jimmy Cracked Corn and the I Don't Cares, which is yeah. just the dumbest. Could you imagine? Because, like, Rise Against got pretty big in the mid to late 2000s. Like, they were doing pretty well for themselves. And, like, their whole thing is that they're vegan and they... They're kind of like the punk equivalent of a band like Rage Against the Machine. Like, they have a message and they're very... They're very outspoken and, like, human rights and that sort of thing. Could yeah. you imagine if that was all coming from the Jimmy Cracked Corns and I Don't Cares? Yeah, Jimmy Cracked Corn and the I Don't Cares. Yeah. That's... Like... I get that Fat Mike is, like, a big deal in punk, but he also just, like, comes up with the dumbest shit sometimes. So like, stupid. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So, ultimately, the band shot down that name, so good for them, and then they... Uh, changed their name to Rise Against when it was suggested by then drummer Tony Tintari, which sounds like a very drummer name. Yeah. Uh, I mean his actual name, not Rise Against. <laughs> so after rising in popularity, Rise Against left Fat Records for DreamWorks Records. Good for them. I just thought that was really funny that they went to like the same, basically the same studio as Shrek. I know, just the same umbrella corporation. Uh, and they claimed that DreamWorks would allow them to write their politically charged lyrics. Again, it's like, what the fuck is Fat Mike's deal here? Yeah. He's meant to be, like, this figurehead in punk. Oh, no, but... no, like, so, like, I didn't write the whole thing because I, you know, had already written enough. Yeah. But, like, he had said, if you go to a big studio, they will take away your message. They won't let you say what you want to say. And then they were like, I think they must have spoken to someone at DreamWorks, and they're like, no, you can still write about, like, human rights and that sort of thing. Ah, okay, yeah. that makes sense. No, but he wasn't saying, no, no, don't sing about that sort of stuff. They yeah, were. I was about to say, like, what the fuck is this problem? But, like, okay, that that makes more sense. So, Swing Life Away was the second single from Rise Against... Oh, man, Rise Against's... Rise Against's... Well, it'd be Rise Against, because they don't have end with the names. Ri- Rise Against. Rise Against uh, <laughs> Rise Against's third studio album Siren Song of the Counterculture uh, which was released in 2004 however the f- song first debuted on Punk Goes Acoustic that's pretty sick yeah um, so the song was produced by Garth Richardson who has many partial credits to his name but is probably most amusingly known for producing Headstrong by Trapped. I don't know that song. Well, I, I think it's just funny because Trapped gets into... I think they're very conservative right? to begin with, but, like, they get into, like... They would get into, like, Twitter beefs with other bands and the lead singer of Trapped would be like, yeah, well, Trapped has had more listeners on Pandora than you have. And it's like, who the fuck's on Pandora? I mean, the same people who use... um what is it? Telegram or whatever for their bloody messaging I mean, service. Same people use Parler. 
Parler, yeah. Conser- well, Parler's the conservative Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So you heard it here first that Pandora is conservative. You have not heard it here first because if it's not, then we're... <laughs> we don't want to be sued for liable. Liable, not liable. Liable. Liable for liable. Um, and the lyrics for Swing Life Away, as we will discuss in more detail, I'm sure, are about daily life and living as a working class individual. Is that all the facts? That is all the facts. Because I want to get into, like, my first thing about this song that made me kind of laugh, not laugh, but, like, they had... They have the line, we get by just fine here on minimum wage. You know, it's like, not in 2022, Americans aren't. Yeah, this is a very, um... Well, I guess, like, that's kind of the whole point of the song, is, like, it's very sort of be happy with what you have and, like, there's room for optimism even when things are a bit shit. But it's like, yeah, not anymore. There's not. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was all right. Well, it was post 9-11, but it was still all right in 2004. Yeah, that, um, but I guess let's backtrack a bit. So what does Rise Against mean to you? Did you ever listen to them much? Yeah, I listened, actually did listen to Rise Against quite a bit. Um, it was just, it's like, listening to this, I was like, ah, this is probably, besides like the Rufio cover of Like a Prayer, this is probably the song I know the most from the Punk Goes catalogues. Yeah. Um, Okay. Like, I did... Like, there was something about, like, they were, like, a very kind of clean punk band as well. Like, yeah. their sound was very well produced. Um, you know, they had, they always, they were always, like, they had a message, but there was always a positivity about them as well. Um. Yeah. And so, like, it was just, they were, they were a band that I definitely, I wouldn't, wouldn't have said that they were my favourite band in the world, but they definitely listened to them a lot, and coming out from listening to 88 Fingers Louie as well. Yep. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, a natural transition into Rise Against, and so I did, yeah, did listen to them quite a bit, and yeah, what about you? I did not listen to them at all, really. Like, I knew this song, um, I feel like, honestly, one of my only, like, Rise Against adjacent memories was when I was... Jesus, I would have been 20, like, when we first started dating and I um, did the volunteer work at Falls Festival that year. Yeah. And I met this guy, Joel, who I became, like, mates with, I guess. And, like, super lovely guy. And we bonded because cause we were all, like, on the same campsite because he was a volley as well. And he was wearing a Rise Against hoodie and I was wearing a Fallout Boy hoodie and so I was like that thing of like, hey, like yeah. you like Fallout Boy and I was like, hey, Rise Against, I know that band name. And so obviously we just sort of were like, cool, we're on the same sort of wavelength here and it just kind of went from there. Um, but yeah, I think they're one of those bands where I knew who they were but as we've spoken about a few times, like I had obviously just sort of maxed out my capacity for discovering new music Um, and so like I knew that they were a band that carry a lot of respect in the scene especially like Tim McElrath but that's about all I knew to be honest we only have so much mental bandwidth that we can get through exactly Um, 
600 meters. Turn right onto River Road, C391. Now, you're, no. the, you're, the, you're the local around here. Am I going to make that turn? <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't know where she's taking us, but it's astray. So, no, just keep going straight ahead up here. I, I am pleased to report that we have safely made it to Shepparton. Absolutely not. We will. We refuse. You bitch. Um, bitch. Bitch. I said no. Um, where were we? So swing life away. Like obviously, the original is. Wow. There's like a little passenger plane flying overhead. That's cool. We should do every episode like this. This, this is, is going to be our most distracted episode. I know. This is infinitely exciting. This has made driving more exciting because we literally have, like, implicit permission to just comment on everything that's happening around us. I will say that when you put the microphone, well, not the microphone, the recorder up to my mouth to talk, it feels like you're interviewing me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They do say if you ever want to have a, like, serious conversation with your partner, they're like, all the ladies' magazines and stuff, they're like, oh, like, just make sure that it's, like, pick somewhere that's kind of relaxed but sort of intimate. So, like, ideally if you are driving because you're sitting next to each other but, like, there's not much else going on, like, you're just sort of hanging out together, that's where you can be like, hey, so are you cheating on me? <laughs> um, but, um, no, that's fine. So, like, swing life away... As I was saying before, we got distracted yet again. It's already, like, acoustic somewhat. Like, it's a soft, quiet song compared with Rise Against's... Um, so, like, abrasive punk. Yes, thank you. That's That's good. So, like, how does this song, or how did this song resonate with you at the time, if that makes sense. Were you sort of like, oh, this is a huge change and therefore I don't like it? Or was it sort of a welcome... No, because, like, I feel like bands at the time would always sort of, like, put out an acoustic song. That's true. And this just... This song just makes me... Like, I hear the song and I hear... And I see the back beach because... Aww. Like, as I was saying, like, they were very popular at the time and this was very popular with down where I grew up this was very popular with the surf crowd right okay I don't know what it was about it but like it just sort of I don't know it could potentially have been like a Jack Johnson B-side or something that's true and that was you know the the surf crowd loved their Jack Johnson and Ben Harper down where I grew up I guess like oh that's cool Shepard is a Carl's Jr. now Ah. um that's how you know you've made it um did that kind of annoy you at the time being like but this is my band no. No? No. I... I... Because they weren't my band. Like, yeah. I, I did listen to them a lot, but, like... You didn't have that sort of protective feeling, almost. Nah. It wasn't like... It wasn't like when I got into metal, and I felt like I was the only person in the world who liked this genre of music. Yeah. And so, therefore, when I saw someone who I deemed unworthy, then I turned my nose at them. Because I was a very mature teenager. No, it wasn't. We all were. It wasn't anything like that. In fact, it was it was kind of the opposite. It was like, oh, I can actually talk to someone about this. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, besides Richard, I don't have anyone else that I can talk to about extreme metal. That's true, yeah. You know, 
that's that's my lot in life and I've chosen it and you know I just have to live with it but no it's it, I I feel very sad for you like you live a very difficult life as a metal head <laughs> yeah, it's so difficult it's a tough road but so, so you shoulder difficult. the burden so beautifully no and I just I actually just I enjoy I enjoy this song like it is just very sweet and it's very I don't know, it's, it, it hits that kind of nostalgia feeling. Yeah. Um, and, like, watching watching the film clips a bit funny because they're driving around in a truck in Chicago, and I'm like, oh, I want to go to Chicago. Like, that looks pretty cool. But, like, I'm pretty sure they're straight edge, and so, like, part of the film clip, they go into a bar, and he's just sitting there singing, but he's obviously just got a Coke <laughs> next to him, and he's just, like... He knocks into it, bumps into a guy, and, the, and like drops his cassette, which has "Swing Life Away" on it, and the guy just like crushes the tape underneath his foot. Aww. And Tim just has like sad puppy dog eyes, and like this sort of like this sort of like Hanson style like fucking Dutch boy haircut, and like he just like he looks so sad. Aww, poor Tim. I don't know. Did you ever? Did you ever listen to this as a teenager? Did it resonate with you? Or It really didn't. Like, I think in hindsight I probably knew it because it was that sort of everyman song. Yeah. Like, but, yeah, I think, honestly, though, it makes more sense to me as an adult because... I don't know, if I had held a job when I was at high school and earning minimum wage, it's like, well, that kind of doesn't matter because yeah. I didn't need to worry about feeding my family. Or yeah. <laughs> like, whereas as an adult, yeah, I'm kind of glad that I came into listening to this song consciously as an adult so that the experience did apply yeah. Immediately, I guess. I, I'm i going to pivot for a second. And when you were talking about, you know, was it sort of weird having a, a band like Rise Against do an acoustic song? Mm-hmm. I I just had a thought that um, I think that sort of thing was normalised once Green Day did Good Riddance. Yeah, true. And, like, that's one of the, arguably one of the biggest songs ever. Because, wait, what year was this? I literally said it before, but I... Swing Life Away would have been, like, 2003? I feel like that was sort of the peak crossover between, like, pop and, like, normie culture and then slightly alt culture. Yeah. Like, there was that brief patch where it was just like, we're all friends here. And, like, you still had, like, even, like, anti-flag doing acoustic songs. Like, it was like... I can, I'm punk, but I can still write an acoustic song. Yeah, I can still kick it I with you normies. Yeah, I can still sit around the campfire with my acoustic guitar and impress all the girls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, it, sorry, go. no, you go. I was just vamping, so you go for well, it. Well, no, I was just, I was listening to it the other day, and it, it sort of, it kind of made me a little bit sad, though, because just sort of... Like, it, it was also a time where it was, like, I had the goal of, like, and I was practicing the guitar and playing the guitar every day, and I was like, I'm going to do something with this. Mm. And I I haven't. And mm. and it was just, like, oh, it was just a time when I was a bit more optimistic about that sort of stuff and 
now I'm not. I don't play music. Didn't even, never got to perform in front of people besides, like, school assemblies or anything like that. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Sort of just, just a bit sad about that. Well, fuck. This episode just took a bleak turn. Well, I might as well just drive us off the road. Don't so. you dare. Um, I don't know. I've, like... And I don't say this in a way to undermine your experience because, like... Well, first of all, you can actually fucking play the guitar, whereas I sort of, quote, taught myself. No, you can, though. Like, and even if you can't anymore, like, you could, back then, properly play guitar. Whereas, like, I literally learned a few, like, bar chords and then just went for it and sucked immensely. But I feel like that was a pretty common thread for people who listened to like punk and emo and metal and whatever the fuck else is like oh yeah no like i'll start a band that'll be cool mm. but then i guess it just goes to show that you need to do way more than just be like oh yeah this would be sick <laughs> um i don't know now i feel like this I, I literally feel like this episode's just gotten really fucking depressing oh no i don't mean it's get depressing but i just we drove past a road safety camera sign before and it would be funny if we got a traffic a, a, a ticket, but like, you know how I don't know if they do it over here, but in America where it's like they release what, photos. This is what happened, and it's like us recording an episode of the podcast. That would be pretty funny. That I am kind funny. of half expecting to get a ticket now. That we'll would just be, be like, well, fuck you. If it was like, a, if this was on YouTube, that would be the thumbnail. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, I guess if we do get a ticket, then we could just submit this episode to the cops or whatever whatever the process is for being like actually no um i i drive normally so i don't get tickets it's that easy guys <laughs> um make it sound so easy i know i say that as we're driving along like the same stretch of road where just because my car is a piece of shit like one time late at night when i was coming to visit my parents a cop just like tailed me the whole stretch of this road from one end, one bleh, from one end of Shepparton to the other, and I was just like, "What have I done?" <laughs> well, that surely is a drug dealer right there. I like, I don't, yeah. And it was when I was like fresh on my peas at the age of twenty eight, <laughs> and yeah, I was just kind of freaking out. To be fair, I was in like the right lane, but it's still like, it's not like we have to keep left unless overtaking on this road. Anyway, I remember like the only time I've ever been pulled over. I was still on my P's. I was probably, like, 19. Maybe even, like, 18. I was probably 18. Mm. And I was adjusting the heater. Right. And so, like, I, like, looked up and I veered over a bit. So, I, like, oh swerved God. back onto the road just a little bit. Like, oh. And, yeah, get pulled over by the police. Two cops come out. Oh, my goodness. They're like, get out of the car, please. What? So, like, I get out and they give me a breathalyzer. And I'm so nervous. Stone I'm, cold sober as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm shaking. I was I I hadn't even I don't even think I drunk at that point. No. And I'm like I'm like shaking from it all and they give me the breathalyzer and it's almost like they seem disappointed that I oh. blew all zeros and I went to like because like the tube that you breathe into is disposable and I went to like hand it back to them and they're like, No, you get rid of that. What the fuck? That's not what they do. <laughs> The few, like, the couple of times I've been breathalyzed, or at least once, like, they don't give me the fucking tube. They're, they're usually the ones that it's like, it's like a, at a stop somewhere where what you have to, have to do it. Like, they pulled me over, two of them got out, made me get out. 
I was, I was like, what are they going to do? Are they going to like do something to me? Oh, speaking of Green Day, there's Dookie. Hey. There's a town called Dookie or Dookie or Dookie, but yeah, yeah, lol. But yeah, so that was like the, one of the other times where I had to do a stop and it was like, all right, we're going to do the marijuana test, but the marijuana test takes three minutes. So he, we're just sort of like, I'm sitting there awkwardly. He's sitting there awkwardly. So he's like, what's going on this week? Oh my God. Jeez. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Swing Life Away? Well, I mean, we haven't spoken about the acoustic version yet. Well, they're all acoustic versions. The punk goes acoustic version, which is more acoustic than the original. It's, yeah, it's different, but it's, it's, um, like, it doesn't deviate too far from the original, but, like, there's things like, they have, like, harmonics and that sort of thing throughout, and... Yeah. Um, I don't know, I feel like... Oh, they, they take away the, the bit that's like, yeah, the sort of repeating bit. They do a, um, a Rufio and they, just shorten the song. Yeah, down. yeah, they, they do. They shorten the song and, I don't know, like it's, it's still a good version. It's just, I'd never heard that version before because I only ever heard it off the album. But then if it debuted on Punko's Acoustic, would that be then the that's original? the original. Well, Technically. Yeah. Oh, blowing my mind here. On the road, on, you know, Shepparton, fucking Carl's Jr. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, uh, Sam. What? Now, now we're definitely going to get a ticket. Oh, they'll pull me over again and tell me to get out. I know. And you'll have to dispose of your own breathalyzer tube. Get out of the car. Um. What's in that blue bottle? It's Powerade. I don't believe you. I want it. Give it to me. Um... I think, like, I don't know, similar to what I was saying before, and, like, I'm pleased that I can actually resonate with this song. Yeah. But, like, I do find the lyrics very sweet, because it's kind of where I'm at these days in terms of my life and what I want out of it. Yeah. Like, I've always kind of panicked about the fact that I never quite knew what I wanted to do. Yeah. But now I'm sort of at a point where I'm like, yeah, I don't really know what I want to do beyond, like, the next... Well, even, like, the next couple of years. Like, I just kind of, I don't know, in terms of work, like, when I'm working a job that I love, like, I stay working at that place until I don't love it anymore, and then either you figure it out or you go somewhere else. Yeah. But, like, I don't have a career path in mind that sort of takes me through, like, and now step two, three, four of getting to where I want to be, because until proven otherwise, like, I'm where I want to be. Yeah. Um... And, yeah, I always thought that sort of translated to, like, oh, but you have no, uh, what's the word, ambition. Whereas it's, like, or I'm just sort of being realistic in that you literally don't know where life is going to take you. Yeah. And I think I kind of appreciate that about this song. Like, it's just very sweet. And, like, just specifically, specifically, like, we get by just fine here on minimum wage. Yeah, we don't need much. Yeah. And like, 500 meters, keep left to continue on Road. That, so she's telling me to just basically stay where I'm going. Yeah, exactly. Rude bitch interrupting me. I could just keep, you know what, should we just turn that off? Cause now I know where we are. Okay. I'm okay. You. All right. I'm, I will do my best to. Oh, I fucked up already. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Am I following? The no, you're not. Me? Follow this guy. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it's just obviously, I don't know, inflation has just like fucked us a little bit. Like things are a bit shit, especially the last couple of years. It's just been, sort of been shit. But like, generally speaking, the message of the song is just quite lovely in terms of I've got what I need here, and sometimes it might not feel like it's enough, but this is this is good. And he was saying that a lot of. Like, he's seen videos of, like, a lot of people have used it for things like weddings, for funerals. Yeah. For, you know, um, uh, like, uh, dances and that sort of stuff. Uh, like, formals, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of lovely that you can take, you can take a different meaning for it, but inherently it's a positive meaning Yeah. And I think it's kind of a nice counter to, because they're known for being, like, a political band. With a capital P kind of thing. It's a nice kind of counterpoint, or just a moment to sort of sit with things as they are, yeah, and do what you can with them, yeah. Like, and I guess in that sense, like the acoustic tone or approach to it also matches the sentiment, yeah, yeah. But speaking, uh, I was going to say, speaking of sentiment, do you think one Machine Gun Kelly? gets the sentiment of the song or has he he missed the mark entirely I was literally about to say like whereas on the other hand Machine Gun Kelly basically uses the song to just like brag Do you wanna know my past and see every single score know what they mean, huh? 17, running up in Mickey D's, begging for a double cheese, huh? Singing, I don't wanna grow up to nobody like you when he's 23, ah. Came from nothing but a fucking unsupported father I don't ever see, ah. I don't watch a crooked jury put my brother in a penitentiary, ah. Never fit in, criticism made me the man I couldn't be, I'm reminiscing on when life was different, spending every day at Chuck E. Cheese, Um, I was going to say we should leave a spot for you to put the songs in, but you'll figure it out. You're a, you're a big boy. Yeah, I think in the end it will just be easier for me to just put them in. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Um, so, yeah, Sam, you were saying to me the other day that you were slightly bewildered to discover when you did a search on YouTube for the original that Machine Gun Kelly's version featuring Kellen Quinn from Pierce the Veil slash Sleeping with Sirens came up as like the top result like it's significantly outperformed Rise Against it was like it's like got 13 million more views than Rise Against which what the fuck I know I look I I know it's it's easy and kind of fun to make fun of Machine Gun Kelly, but I actually kind of like this version as well. Right? Like, it's it's still pretty good, but it's like, what you need to do is you need to watch the, the clip, because it's also like a short film, and it's just, it's so funny, because cause this was eight years ago, so this was when he was still like, well, I'm going to be a rapper. Yeah. 
and then like basically this was before Eminem kicked him out of an entire genre of music and forced <laughs> yeah. him to do another one just like bullied him out of rap entirely <laughs> and there is the bit where it's like it's his life and like how he gets started first off he ages like 30 years in three years they basically like there's the equivalent of like baby machine gun kelly and baby love interest yeah where they're sort of like in primary school and it's like they were meant for each other all along yeah but they sort of skip forward, like, what is it meant to be? Only, like... Three years. But... It goes from 2002 to 2005. But, yeah, we're meant to believe that, like... And it's like this... The 2005 bit, he... Like, they walk out of a restaurant or, like, a shop somewhere in, I think, Los Angeles, and they see a cop, like, arresting a, an African-American man, and they, he's got him, like, bent over the the bonnet of the car like putting the handcuffs on it and they run away for some reason like there's no explanation as oh to why goodness. they run away then the next bit which is my favourite bit which had me howling with laughter was they're at or Machine Gun Kelly's at some kind of like backyard I don't know freestyle rap event or something and he like they're like just all like these it's just a group of African American men just rapping and he like steps up to start rapping and one of them just puts his hand on Machine Gun's chest and like just sort of like pushes him away like nah nah that's all good and just like then it's just like sad Machine Gun Kelly just a look of sheer dejection on Machine Gun Kelly's face it's just it's so funny it's so delicious just like well now I'm sad I just love it because like that's literally like his B-Rabbit moment but he would never admit it yeah like it's basically just like 8 Mile but we'd better not explicitly say that or else I'm going to get bodied by Eminem. And basically the crux of the story is, because when he makes it, when he's rich and famous, he's, like, being surrounded by women, which, look, he's a good-looking man with money. Why not? But, like, he's surrounded by women. His girlfriend is like, well, I'm jealous now. And tries to leave. And so the crux of the story is, yeah, if I was rich and famous, I would definitely cheat on you, baby. Well, it's sort of like, I would be tempted, but then when you cracked the shits and left, I would come chasing after you. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, that's... You haven't really done... That's really uh, unhealthy. Well, yeah, you haven't done enough to convince me that you um, would be faithful. <laughs> Like it's basically like distracted by that parked car. No, because I thought it was my parents' car, and I was like, "Oh, oh what's happened now?" No, no, but no, no. Gold car yeah, but it lo- I know, I know what color my parents' car is. Yeah. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Yeah, like he's basically just, and I really hate that flex as well. Like you get it a lot, like within the sort of rap, like hip hop R and B thing of like. Oh, and, like, there's all these women, but, like, it's still you, baby. It's just, like, yeah. fuck off. Um, but, yeah, it's just, like, even just looking at the lyrics of this song. And then, like, we were listening to it in the car, and I definitely was, and I'll probably have that bit in there. We, we definitely just kept repeating, ha! Oh, it's just terrible. It really is. Um, where am I? There we go. So... Yeah, obviously, like, this sign, like, song, lol, we just drove past a sign, hence why I said sign, which is going to happen a lot if I'm on the road. Um, like, this song is obviously a sign that 
Colson Baker was like a true head back in the day, even before he was doing Tickets to My Downfall, even before he was like collabing with Travis Barker, like he knew his shit. Oh, it's Colson Baker, Machine Gun Kelly. Yes. Birth name. Yes. Okay. Get your facts straight. Oh, sorry, sorry. How dare you, um, how dare you flex on Colson like that? <laughs> um, cause yeah, like, just looking at real quickly the liner notes for genius.com. Um, so Machine Gun Kelly, who goes under the username Noise Creep on genius.com for some reason, he said, I told Kellen we had to cover this song, so he sent me a version he did with a producer, but I called him and said, nah, we've got to do this differently. So he did it again. It worked so well. I love his voice. We took it from an acoustic song into a more melodic rock kind of thing. I think it's beautiful. And, like, I do really like their approach. I really like Kellen's vocals in this. Yeah, they're really good. Like, just super high. Yeah. Um, but then the lyrics, it just kind of doesn't get the key message yeah. of the song. Because, like, in the chorus, so they keep the, like, we live on front porches and swing life away. We get by just fine here on minimum wage. But then, like, the last line, instead of, what is it? Like, something, something, as long as you hold my hand. I won't let you leave as long as you hold my hand. Yeah. But they change it to, and I'll run these streets if you give me a chance. Like, what the fuck does that mean, I'll run these streets? Well, it's basically, like, and I'll rule, like, I'll come out on top. Yeah. But it's like, but no one's... I won't cross these streets as long as you hold my hand. Yes, yeah. but yeah, and then they change, like, but I'll run these streets. And Which like... It's like, why flex at that point, though? Yeah. And then it's like, there's one verse where Colson's like, had a vision as a kid that one day I would change the world with my song. Several years have passed, and now that vision came to life. That boy's a fucking icon. It's like, but what song? So... It's so funny because, I mean... I feel like he was, I would say, like, maybe a B-grade celebrity before the, like, before the collaboration with Travis Barker. Yeah. Before Tickets to My Downfall. Like, people, like, people knew him, but then, like, that comes out and people are like, okay, now we can fuck with him. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you a Machine Gun Kelly song prior to Tickets to My Downfall. It just, it feels very premature. Yeah. This sort of statement of like, and I've made it. It's like, but who were you back then? Oh, like, I'm sure he was. Like, I'm sure it was a, a level of like, you know how like if we watch like an, a British TV show and they talk about someone who's British, but like... Like Jedward. Like, but like, we don't know who the fuck that person is, but they're very popular in their own country. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it'd be like, I don't know how over here we have Chris Hemsworth and Margot Robbie are like our huge celebrities, but then, I don't know late 2000s Gabriella Chilney was a really yeah. big was a really big celebrity in Australia and it's like but nobody outside of Australia would know yeah that's true but I don't know it just they change what is a very wholesome song about like and as long as you're you're here that's enough yeah. to I'll fucking show them like yeah. you'll all be sorry <laughs> Because, like, there's still, like, some very cute, like, what is love? Love is pain. Love is butterflies and stomach aches. Love is looking out a window pane, tears dripping, like, it, looking like you're in the rain. Like, it's, it's beautiful, but it's still very, like... It's Machine Gun Kelly's idea of romance, which is, like, there's also got to be a bit of heartache in it. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it doesn't sit quite as well, but also it still slaps. Yeah. So, I don't know. Are we overtaking this guy? We are. 
Oh, shit. Um, yeah. I think... Because this is one of those songs on Genius where it's been annotated by Colson himself. Like, he's done verified um, annotations and shit. So, like, the intro guitar that it just has in square brackets, like... His idea of giving extra info is really shit. Because it literally just says, for instance, like, intro guitar. Fun fact, I actually played this part. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> then, like, he's annotated Mickey D's and just said McDonald's. I pray you all knew that already, but there are so many dumb fucks out there. Amen. <laughs> I think... Like, one of the cute things is that he drops, like, a Blink-182 reference by saying, I don't want to grow up, don't nobody like you when you're 23. Um, but then one of the most, like, puzzling ones for me is there's the line, I had to watch a crooked jury put my brother in the penitentiary. But all he says about it is, keep your head up, Jojo. <laughs> and it's just like, uh, what, like, what happened? That sounds pretty awful yeah can you elaborate but it's just like hang in there buddy hey you got this but anyway um but yeah like i genuinely like this and because i have tried to listen to machine gun kelly's like a well not but like his early stuff and it just doesn't sit with me like it really kind of cements for me that he's living his best life at the moment yeah yeah like the persona the whole Sound, all that kind of stuff that he's doing at the moment suits the best. Maybe we should listen to some Machine Gun Kelly after this. That sounds good, actually. Yeah. I could, I could do that. Um, but yeah, my throat is starting to hurt quite a lot. So, shall we wrap this up? Yes. So, hell yeah or yeah nah? It's a hell yeah for me all around. Me too. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, thank you for listening. We kind of stopped saying it because it never happens, but like give us a rating or like send us a dm or hit us up on twitter at punk goes pod we do have an instagram but we don't really use it so that's fair enough if you don't want to message us on there we have an instagram yeah we do have an instagram or at least i've got the handle we used to have a website url but then we forgot to pay for it oh yeah sorry mark (laughs) i know um that's fine we're doing this diy but um yeah if you've got any I don't know, recommendations, questions, comments. We're here to chat with y'all. It's nice. And you, But probably you'll just tell us how we're doing it wrong. Yeah, props, but that's fine. It means people are listening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are currently in 1U in regional Victoria, travelling at approximately 60 kilometres per hour. And the 1U cafe slash post office, that tells you the sort of environment we're in. We're in. Stores are multiple things. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, this has been Swing Life Away.